What's up, everyone? Welcome to Around the ACL. Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Jake Brannon. I almost just rolled off with the same thing I'm used to saying, to be honest. <laughs> we, uh, but I'm, I don't have a beard, so uh, that's different for this week. I'm the only that's one. That's true. I think that's appreciated, though, I would imagine. Not really the I was Legoland. <laughs> Legoland was amazing. Hell like, yeah. I know that probably most kids would love Legoland because how could you not? But like my kids specifically, this was literally created for him. He is a builder. All he does is build, whether it's virtually or in real life, um, whether it's with cardboard or Legos. And his whole life is around building. So to take him to Legoland where you got to ride rides, which was cool. And Trey, you're going to be shocked about this. He did not like the roller coaster there. Really? Why not? Yeah. I don't know. He is like, I didn't like that. It was too fast. I said that was 100% slower than Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't go on it, but I just know that it was. So, oh, yeah, I was funny. shocked. But they have all these building centers. Like, where they, they just have sections where kids, it says, like, build a rocket ship build a car, build a boat, and you get to like race your stuff and like use it in the way that it's meant to be used. So he got to go into all these building centers and he'd build his car and race it on the racetrack and then build his boat and he was in heaven. I mean, he could live there, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Jake's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me let me check this yeah, out real quick. Is there like an adult version of Legoland somewhere that I can <laughs> well, like Well, Nick was building or... with him, Jake. Every center, Nick was right next to him making his race cars and boats. Um, so I think it's all ages. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, so... I don't feel like I need to go back. Like I think check, like we're good, but yeah. uh, so, so <laughs> fun. Good. No crowds. You could ride the ride as many times as you want. Sometimes they even just say like, do you want to stay on and go on a second round? <laughs> like there's no line. So um, really, really fun time. So it was definitely worth it. So thanks for holding down the fort. Appreciate you guys. Um, we have a pretty um, exciting weekend coming up this weekend though, because we have the open number 10, but we also have the Canada open number two. So lots of fun stuff to get into. Um, we're also going to show our top 10 shots from open number nine. And if any of you were watching, um, as Corey said, I was a little trigger happy with the replays. It was my first time managing <laughs> replays. Replay, replay, replay. <laughs> you know, you want to see it again. Come on now. Sometimes when I'm watching at home, I look down for a second and I hear the excitement and I missed it. So I'm here for you guys. Hey, all right? it's, it's better to have too many replays than not enough replays. You know what I mean? And one person complained on the chat. There's too many replays. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. who are you? Get out of here. <laughs> what are you talking about? So such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I had a really good time. I haven't ran a, um, a, I haven't commentated for a whole couple days in a very, very long time. So it was fun to get back in that seat. Um, I, I enjoyed myself and enjoyed the chat as usual. All right. Any, you guys have anything exciting? No, I didn't do anything this weekend. Cool. It was, uh, it was, it was good. It was <clears throat> nice and relaxing. I went out with some friends, had a good time, like thumbs up, double right. thumbs up, boring weekend over here. <laughs> Jake. Uh, yeah, nothing too eventful. I actually played in a, in a tournament with my father on Saturday, and it was know, taking us back to what 2014. I'm talking corn bags, two what? by four boards, with people who had no idea what cornhole was, and wow. it was it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. I went with a couple of my buddies. We had a good time. It was it was a it was a 250 dollar entry fee for the tournament, but. That got you free food and all you can drink for the entire day. 
it was well worth it. And first place was a thousand dollars. So I did, I, we did walk away with a pretty big chunk of change. So I was but happy. You with had that. to but throw corn bags or you could throw your had bags. To throw corn bags. Nope. We had to throw <laughs> corn bags. Goodness. It was, it was a big time throwback, but man, I'll tell you right now, John Brandon, the best corn bag thrower in the country. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> right now you've heard big, it here first. That's my hot take. White poof when it hits the board. The, the white no, powder. no, they weren't. They weren't like dusty. No, but they it, it, they were fast. If you didn't throw them in the hole, it was off the board. It was. Oh fun, my though. goodness, that's my nightmare. <laughs> well, wow, what a throwback uh, tournament there! Glad you were able to take the win and some cash. That makes it worth it because I think I'd just be frustrated, oh, yeah. but that makes it worth it. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. It was fun. Open, open number 10 coming up this weekend, Mesa, Arizona, February 23rd through 25th. Um, so another West Coast event. So we're going to see potentially a lot of the same people. But I don't know about you guys, but I was uh, looking at the list. I didn't see like a Tony Forbes or Spencer Fabian R. So I don't know if a lot of Cali guys are going or if they just not, haven't registered yet or are waiting or if, I don't know. I was surprised. Um, but we did see, you know, Candler Bag and um Hayden on there and um obviously all your Arizona players so excited to watch them again this weekend Trey who are you looking at yeah it's it's a big field I mean it looks like about um you know there's about 250 teams about 500 players going to be showing up to this open so I mean it's a it's a big field but there's a lot of amateur players in this field I mean there's not a huge huge lineup of pros now don't get me wrong there's there's definitely some pro players going here right and there's definitely going to be some favorites here however um it, it is it is going to be a kind of a wide open field once you get packed past those kind of top 10 players so this is going to be one of those opens i think where you're going to have an amateur kind of come out of nowhere and maybe win a bracket or something like that and and how far they end up going We'll just determine how hot they can get at the end. So this is going to be interesting that one. Now, however, when I look at this, I'm seeing a lot of pro teams starting to say, "All right, let's get back playing together because we got to get ready for the pro season, right?" So um, I think it's led by the big three right now, and that is really going to be Jake Gore and Hunter Thorne, Jack Gore and Sammy Soto, Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain. When you look at the past two events, Logan Chamberlain and Justin Burton Jr. have won each of the last two events, have won, each won an open singles event the past two times. Now they're finally reunited back together to play together in doubles. Um, they should be ready to go. This is a team that I, I wouldn't put him past him to win the whole thing. Now standing in their way, Jack Gore and Sammy Soto – um, someone that won the last time they played, they won the open doubles division. So we're talking about a team that is coming off a fresh win, winning together, right? And then you add in Hunter Thorne coming off of a big win in doubles. He, he wins it with Trey Birchfield. This time he's playing alongside Jake Gore, his pro partner for the year, someone that we're hyping up big. Those three in my mind are going to be your big three favorites, especially when we look at the double side of this open. Now, there are sprinkled in there some really high-profile players playing with some unique partners. Tony Smith and Fisher Hamilton. How you know how crazy is that? Because if we had done that 8, 10, 12 months ago, looked at that team, we'd be talking about that far and away being number one in the entire field. Now, there's been a little bit of a drop-off. We haven't seen as much Fisher Hamilton in the in the top one, two, and three finishes over the past few months. Now, 
you can't really get worried about it too much. We haven't even started the pro season yet. So I'm really excited to see where Fisher Hamilton, if he can get back to where he was, Tony Smith is Tony Smith, right? So when we get Tony Smith and Fisher Hamilton, one, what are they going to throw bag wise? And two, you know, what kind of game style are we going to play? We know Tony Smith used to be very similar to how uh, Fisher Hamilton uh, plays, but he kind of went more into a bag running kind of that hybrid game. Does does, does that partnership give us a little bit more of that? Or is it really just let's, you know, you know, we'll do our own individual thing. So I think that's interesting. And then the other one I, I kind of have my eyes on is uh, Noah Almanza and Jacob Trzinski. I think the two of them are very interesting because Noah Almanza is showing signs of getting closer back to what he was when he was in that final eight, when he made it to Airmail City, the Pro Invitational, a top 10 player in the world two seasons ago. Last season had that really big drop-off, and I think he's looking to bounce back. Trzinski has also flirted with a lot of our top 10s recently. He's been someone that's been near that fringe of the top 10. He's throwing at a really high level right now. We're just looking him to see if he can finish as an individual singles player or possibly even a doubles player as he looks to get out of that shadow of Tony Smith that he had last year. So I know he'll be motivated to do well there. Um, and then, of course, your, your Arizona players, your, 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 your Doug Zaft and Ty Lopez, excited to see them play together. You know, Doug Zaft trying to get back into the swing of things, no longer playing with Bill Hadley. Of course, Moses and Peter Sasueta, you're, you could argue at any given time they can be the best duo from west of the Mississippi. Um, and then, you know, I, I even didn't even get to mention guys like Trey Birchfield, Adam Hisner, and and others that are they're really in the field. But so for me, I, my eyes are on those top three. I think those top three are really going to steal a lot of the show. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with four brackets at that top level uh, that, that throw three out of the four or two out of those three end up being the finalists. I think that's safe to say. Jake, what do you have, Dad? Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he hit the nail on the head there. The the phrase that I was thinking of when going through this, it took about 30 minutes looking through the list, wide open. I have no clue. There are – there's so much there's so much potential. Like Trey said, there are so many top amateurs that are going. But, like, but also to add, there are so many top talent pros that are going to be there as well. When I was writing down my list of players to watch, I'm looking through it. I was like, man, I got 15, 20 people on this list. There's too many to talk about. But you mentioned the big three. This is what I wanted to talk about. You mentioned the big three. Um, what about the big four? There's a, there's a team that we keep leaving out, and I hate to admit it, but I mean, I've done it too. We keep leaving them out every time, but they have proven to be winners. They have won three times in the past calendar year. I'm talking about Eddie Grindersleeve, Caleb Batson. They're playing together this weekend too, and I know we haven't seen much of them this season, but – reigning world champions, two-time national winners last year. They are proven winners. They are going to be there in the end this weekend, and I am excited to see what they can do. But you look past them, um, how about a team like uh, Derek Holland and Alex Rawls? They had a fantastic run in San Diego last a uh, couple weekends ago. They're running it back in Arizona. I look to see them make a really strong run. And you also have, uh, like you mentioned, <laughs> pro teams who are trying to get together and get some momentum geared up for the pro season. How about uh, A.J. Sims and Braden Wilson? I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do because I feel like they are one of the teams that really needs a breakthrough open to get them kind of motivated into this pro season. Because if they don't, if they kind of fall flat, 
I'm not going to really put them want to put them too high on my power rankings going into the first pro event. So I really want to see them do well coming into this uh, coming into this open. But then there was also a really unique team that I just noticed looking through. I mean, it must have slipped my mind. Alec Ryan and Gavin Cano playing together. Uh, while they throw two different bag manufacturers, they both throw a really similar bag, a sticky bag, block first, roll and airmail mentality. I am really liking to see what they do. They're probably one of my dark horses coming into, I mean, it's kind of hard to call them dark horses, but, you know, like I said, there's so many other great names and top talents out there this weekend. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. You guys talked a lot about doubles. Are there any singles players that you're picking? I mean, we saw like Candler Bag on there again. We saw what he did in San Diego, um, but obviously you have your pros on there as well. So are there any singles players that are sticking out to you there, Trey? Yeah, first of all, I want to address, if I missed Eddie Grindersleeve and Caleb Batson on that registration list, that was a mistake. Um, they, 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 you're right, Jake. They should be a, a big four at that point. So uh, definitely definitely throw the world champions into that mix. Um, yeah, on the, sing, on the single side, I mean, so uh, I'm definitely not worried or, and, and, or need it or anything like that, but this – we got to get start having a conversation about like, Hey, like let's, let's see Tony Smith win something in singles right here, here recently. Like he's, he's too good of a player. And again, if he doesn't, I'm not, I'm kind of done playing those worried about Tony Smith games. Cause every time we seem to do that, he just, he responds in some way, but it's been a few opens. He hasn't necessarily won a bracket or made it all the way to the finals or anything like that. We're getting close to that pro season. I want to see Tony Smith sharp, and I don't need him necessarily to win the whole thing, but let's see a commanding uh, performance from Tony Smith. I think that's going to be super important to see. Um, you, you mentioned you mentioned Candler Bag. He looks like he's throwing with Ryan Smith, which is a very unique pairing. I'm excited to see Ryan Smith in singles this year to see if he has any of that staying power that we got flashes of last season. I think there's going to be a lot of focus on these Arizona teams. And I think all four of those Arizona players that I mentioned have an opportunity to do well in singles. Um, And also, you know, one rookie that I'm kind of waiting for a breakout performance in and open on a big, at a big scale this season, uh, Brayden Wilson, you know, Brayden Wilson was someone that, Open after open after open last year, we were talking about him making it, you know, bracket finals, winning brackets, like scaring pros into not winning the entire thing. We we were eyeballs eyes on him saying he could be the number one amateur so far this season, or the, sorry, the number one rookie coming into this season. And although he's been solid, he hasn't flirted with that number one ranking right, right now. If we ranked our rookies, I think all of us would have him anywhere from four to seventh on our pro on our rookie rankings right now. And I think that's just a little bit short of what we anticipated for him this season. So as an individual player, the good news for him, again, we haven't hit the pro season. He hasn't peaked yet. He's still got time to build off of that. Um, I'm just kind of looking for him to have a, a really signature performance in singles. And maybe it's this weekend that he can do that. Any other straggling singles players we missed there, Jake? Yeah. Um, I- I want to shine a light on the amateur players that are in singles because I, I feel like an amateur player has a really strong shot of making a deep run and possibly winning the entire thing. And obviously we're talking about the Candler bags, but we're also talking about the players like um, 
Where did he go? I just had him on my list. How about – I like either one of Gavin Hammond or Jackson Remick. Uh, they're both going to be there this weekend. I'm looking for one of them to both make a strong singles run. They've been in the, the presses and the news a lot these past few weeks. I'm hoping true. they can <laughs> – I'm hoping – I'm hoping that it ha- – that isn't a distraction and more so motivation to prove that they belong to be in the headlines where they are. But um, I want to go back to what you were talking about, Tony Smith. Tony Smith right now is, is really similar to what I'm feeling with Jamie Graham. We don't really hear from him a lot. We don't really see him. He doesn't really perform that well. But then he comes out of nowhere, like Jamie Graham did at the Carolina Conference, averages an 11 throughout the entire tournament, takes down singles with ease. I'm looking to see if Tony Smith can do that same thing. You know, uh, I mean, it's been a few opens since uh, we've seen him play singles. So I'm hoping to see that, you know, uh, this one in Arizona, he can come out strong, he can come out hot, and he can take it down. I'm really looking forward to that. But, I mean, really, you you really covered (laughs) the rest of the bases when it comes to open singles. Um, I want to take a second to divert over to uh, to junior singles. I feel like junior singles may be one of my favorite things to watch the entire weekend. I think it's wide open the entire time. Doing some – Doing some little research I did over here. So nine opens so far this season, there have been five different junior singles winners. Four of the five will be there this weekend. The only one that's not going to be there, the kid who has the most, and that's Ryan Trader. So everybody else, we're talking Candler Back, who's won twice, Jacob Gore, who's won twice, and then Jack Gore and Logan Dupler have both won a junior singles at an open. All four of those players are going to be there this weekend. So I honestly feel like, this is going to be a, an intense and a fun junior singles bracket, and I'm excited to watch them play on Friday. I agree. That's one, one of my favorites to watch as well. Also happening this weekend is our pro teams, and we're going to have the high rollers versus the timber and the burn versus the slingers. So we got to see those teams square off over in San Diego. We did have, I think it was high rollers had to forfeit a game, so we didn't get a full three games out of them. Uh, yeah, it was the high high rollers. Um, so hopefully they have a full squad coming into Arizona, but, uh, Trey, what are your thoughts on the high rollers versus the timber? Yeah. So uh, we, we talked about this, you know, a few weeks ago when we were previewing that event and uh, I said, I think that the timber needed to go out and get some elite talent, like in by elite talent, literally elite players to round out that roster. They were able to add, Jackson Remick and Gavin Hammond to their roster. And when they did that, to be honest, guys, it looks like a different team. And like, I'm really starting to like what I see out of, uh, out of the timber because really they needed that extra big firepower, someone that can come in and, and win big matchups. And, and, and really when I look at their, their, their lineup, you have Caden Allen, Ryan Trader, Yeti Irwan, Adam Hisner, as well as you throw in there Jackson Remick and Gavin Hammond, that's more depth at the top half of their lineup than what they've had, what they had previously. I was worried, right? When you all of a sudden inject elite level players and, and some good pickups there with Remick and Hammond, you're adding someone that has that ability to go out with bracket winning potential, right? Someone that that has really a high level talent, even outside of the pro level. So I think that was important for them to go ahead and, and pick that up. They did that. And as a result, it, it, it paid off. They went and got a win against uh, Peter Sasueta. I mean, uh, on, on one of those teams. So head to head, they were able to get some big wins. So when I look at 
um, the, the, the timber in general. I know they're going to travel well for this one. So at least at this, this, this event that I'm looking at this weekend, when I look at the high rollers who weren't able to travel a lot to the previous event, they may not be able to get a lot of people to this event. So they may come up a little bit short here. Um, and may not be as successful. However, I do know that they will have Jack Gore and they will have Hunter Thorne both in attendance. So at least some top-level talent will be there. So I expect the Timber maybe to get some 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 wins here. Um, but as we go into the season, I'm really excited to see this Timber team because I think they're starting to round out a team here that might be a little bit more impressive than we originally thought, especially with Adam Hisner playing as well as he has been. Absolutely. Jake, thoughts? Yeah, um, this uh, National West Division is really intriguing to me. I, I love all four teams. I don't really think there's really a, um, a weak link in that division. I mean, you talked a lot about the high rollers, but it's, it's kind of hard to move past the, the reigning National Division champions, the Arizona Burn. I mean, they've added some hot talent from the draft as well as some pickups. How about adding uh, players like uh, Colby Shearer? Landon Crabtree just from the draft, Chris Roybal, rookie ACL pros. I'm really looking forward to see what they can do. Um, I didn't have a chance to watch them perform in San Diego, so I'm really excited to watch them perform in Mesa. Home state, home cooking, I think it's going to be really fun, but it's it's hard it's hard to go against the burn. I said this last week, um, going up again, we've been talking about the, the ringers and the freeze. Like on paper, they look really good. The burn looks good on paper too, and until they – you know, they lose. They are the reigning national division champions. It's hard to, it's going to be hard to go against them. You guys just going to ignore my slingers. Just give them no love. Just move well, right onto the burn. I didn't realize we were talking about the burn slingers yet. So the sling, I mean, I see, I, I think the slingers, uh, top to bottom, may be a better team. The question is who do they travel, right? We know Tony Smith will be there, which will be great. Um, I see, I see Corey Gilbert also going to be out there. So, I mean, to, to some extent, I think they're going to show up with a team that's going to be, be pretty good. I still I kind of agree with Jake that the burn deserve at least that top spot until someone knocks them off there, right? At least the benefit of the doubt from this season. But I think I almost wish we were at the pro, pro season. We could see a full matchup right now of the burn versus the slingers because that would give us a really good gauge of where exactly the slingers are. Because if they could come in and win that one, we're talking about a team that is, is ready to compete at the highest level and possibly win some head-to-head teams matches and, and could be one that contends for a title. Very true. All right, we'll move on to overreaction Wednesday. Used to be overreaction Monday, which oh. didn't make sense either way because we were on Tuesday. <laughs> so I tried to line up the day. All right, first, so uh, Jake, you just tell me after I read a line, is it an overreaction or not an overreaction? First one, Candler Bag is the best amateur player right now. Trey. Trey or Jake? Trey. I was just explaining to Jake how it worked. Oh, <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was like, I was, I was ready to go first too. All right. All right. That was confusing <laughs> on my side. I just didn't know if he played the game before. Yeah, figure it out, Jake. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, th- this is an overreaction. Uh, strong player, uh, good stuff. But when I can have Tony Forbes part of the conversation, when I can have Jackson Remick, Jaden Ellis, um, you know, Gavin Hammond, there's, there's too many to choose from. Uh, Candler is probably on that second tier for me. Um, when we've had amateurs win entire open events, it's just tough to put them in that conversation right now. I think that's an overreaction. Jake. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, he's a great player. He's great. He's great on the junior side. 
but he hasn't really had a breakout open singles performance yet that makes me want to put him in that upper echelon like the Jaden Ellis like the uh uh the Landon uh, the Landon Basses and all like uh, and all those players um he's great I think he's one of the picks to win juniors but I want to see a breakthrough performance in open that's what I want before I, we start talking about him being the top amateur player so I'm overreacting to that after this season, someone will take the GOAT title from Matt Guy, Trey. Yeah, overreaction. Um, overreaction from my standpoint. Look, I don't care if someone passes Matt Guy in titles. We're talking about a longevity perspective here. And also, there's also a skewed aspect of titles that were available back then, right? We're talking about someone first year of the ACL had an opportunity to win you know, seven, six titles in, in total, right? This year we're talking about over 35 titles on the line when you count pro events, open events. I mean, we're probably closer to 40 actually when you count all the titles that are available. So of course the numbers that are being earned now are being skewed in favor of some of these these uh, newer players in regards to, or in comparison to, to players that have been around longer. So Matt Guy's just done it for so much longer, right? It's going to take probably five years from now before I'm even willing to entertain that conversation um, of someone taking that title from him. Jake? Yeah, I mean, I hate to keep agreeing with Trey, but I mean, he, I mean he's right. Uh, it's, a, it's a longevity thing. I mean, if you, if you want to compare it to other sports now, I mean, that's, that's like saying that Patrick Mahomes is already better than Tom Brady. He's great right now, but he's not because Tom Brady has that longevity. He's done everything that he's done these past decades. Well, in, in Cornhole World, it's only been a few years. But the longevity that Matt Guy has and the, and the history he's had with his past career, it's hard to uh, it's hard to top. I'm not saying that it's going to happen within the next couple of years. I assume with, within the next five, six, maybe seven years, somebody could overtake him. But as we sit right now, no chance. Good Tom Brady reference. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I know you would like that one. Yeah. Justin Burton Jr. is ready to sweep a pro event. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, you know, it may, he may be mentally ready, but I, I I think when we when we put expectations on someone sweeping a pro event, we so many times just kind of underrate how difficult that is to do like it's not it's not easy to do that um so I, I just think there's so much on there to and so much pressure and the talent is going to be just outrageous this year that I don't know if we're going to get a sweep this year and if we do you know hats off to whoever that is because it is going to be a really flipping difficult thing to do to be able to, to sweep an event like that so I'll say it's an overreaction just because the odds are going to be in your favor Jake? So I would say that somebody sweeping an event this year, maybe not an overreaction, but Justin Burton Jr. doing it again, I would call a little bit of an overreaction. Like you said, I mean, it's so difficult to do that. I mean, what we saw Justin Burton Jr. do at the first national last year was, was borderline unprecedented. Like nobody even considered that a possibility going into that event. And then Justin Burton Jr. just told us all to shut up and watch him throw bags. Um, but to be able to do that again, that's that's tough. I mean, if he performs the way he did last weekend, there's a chance. But I I just don't see it. I mean, the, the like Trey said, the field is is so stacked. It's so big this year. I don't I I can't foresee it. I could see somebody doing it, 
<clears throat> Mark Richards, <clears throat> but I I don't I don't know about I don't know about Justin Burton Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Cano is the top singles player out of Texas. Oh man, that one's so I'm gonna do something weird here. If this was buy or sell, I would sell it. But for it being an overreaction, I am going to say not an overreaction. If someone thinks that Gavin Cano is the best player in the state of Texas right now. I, I I don't have a ton to argue you, right? I could say he hasn't got across the finish line in some singles events. I could say some people may be a tad more consistent, but he's always right there at the end. You could argue Justin Burton Jr. You could certainly argue Caleb Batson. You could argue a number of different people. But I'm not going to say it's an overreaction that he could be considered the top player in Texas, whether or not you believe it or not. Jake? I was really hoping we would disagree on this one, but no, I mean, he's right. Um, that was a great reference. So you would sell that, but it's not an overreaction. I mean, it's not, though. I mean, the, the talent in Texas is so top-heavy. You could interchange any number between what seven or eight people on any given week. And Gavin Cano was one of them. He may have had a bad week one week, but he's going to come back and, and, you know, shove it right in your face the next week. You don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but I mean, he's just, he's so good. He's, he's, he's so good. It, it's hard to, it's hard to not argue that he is um, like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like a fence sitter. Like I could, I could hear arguments for why he's not, but I could also hear arguments for why he is the best player in Texas. So it's kind of like a middle of the road thing, but I'm, I'm not overreacting to it now. The junior division will be bigger than the seniors bracket by the end of the season, or the junior bracket will be bigger than the senior bracket by the end of this season. I'm going to, I'm going to not buy or sell. I was about to sell it. You're not selling, you're not um, selling anything. I'll say I'll Hey say wait, hold on going... before you answer this Trey. This is like a direct reflection of your job. <laughs> right, right, that, that, I'm, I'm thinking about how I want to how I want to approach this, Michelle. I'm going to say I, it's I an overreaction. It I'm going to say it's overreaction because I need a good runway in order to get this ACL high school program up and running. So it's actually somewhat a reflection. Well, no, I guess college, you're not a junior at that point. I was going to say Jake is doing a little bit of stuff with college too. So maybe a reflection of his job, but um, we're, we're, we're going to get there. But I think you're also underestimating like how much like the seniors division continues to grow. Like th this is the thing for, 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 for seniors to play as well. And I think that's going to get more and more exposure as well. I think both will continue to grow. But right now, the seniors got a good head start. So I'm going to I'm gonna say hold for this year, overreaction for this year, but I'm ready to buy it for 2025. Jake? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's right. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but now the, I mean, the seniors division, uh, I mean, it's, it's growing, but not as fast as a pace as the juniors division is growing. Um, so right now I'm saying it is over. Like I, I remember, like I always talk to people, like who uh, who are like a middle of the road player, and they're like, man, I'm just I'm just I'm just waiting for the seniors division. Like my favorite thing when uh, when talking with Sean Latham on the college show is like, I got 11 years to practice before I'm taking down this seniors division. I was like, <laughs> heck yeah, bro, you keep go for it. But um, no, I mean the seniors division is growing too. But I mean within a couple of years, the junior the juniors are going to take it over. I mean year so after year, that's not an overreaction from you then. You're no, it's not. Oh, so you oh, are you are disagreeing. Oh, my bad. 
My bad. Yeah. Okay, we are disagreeing. We, are, we did go. disagree. We did disagree. Yeah. There we go. No, um, the, yeah. So, so yeah, junior bracket. Okay, got it. So we got one disagreement between you two. Everything else in line. <clears throat> All right, I got it. I like it. <laughs> Moving on, we have Canada Open number two in Drummondville. That's also February 23rd through the 25th. Um, so that'll be happening simultaneously. So you have lots of broadcasts to watch this weekend. Uh, I believe is Wally going to Canada. So he's heading off the live stream over there. And then we have Jake and Corey over there in Mesa. So, um, so much content for you this weekend. That's for sure. Trey, uh, anyone sticking out to you over there in Canada? Yeah, this one, you know, we're in Quebec this time. I think I, I, I can't remember if we had one in Quebec previously, but this is, you know, Drummondville, uh, up there in Quebec, this is going to be a fun one to watch. And this one, this one's going to be, uh, this one's tough. It's got some really top players here and some good pros up there. So, I mean, I think if you, you're a Canadian and you want to see where you stack up, this is this is a pretty good event to to look at when we, when we look at this roster. I, I see people like, even at the amateur side, the first name on the list that I see, Jaden Ellis, right? I mean, so he's going up there. Obviously, someone that's already won an open event so far this season. He's going to be tough. We're going to see Jeff Reynolds. We haven't seen a ton of him this year. Uh, a good opportunity to get a measuring stick of where exactly he is. The international phenom, Jimmy Humans, he's going to be up there. Anytime he enters in an event, he's going to be, you know, considered one of the favorites to take everything down. So we're certainly watching him. Um, uh, in addition to that, his partner, Brady Foster. Brady Foster is going to be up there again. We're talking about top talent going up there. I think the favorite on the on the women's side is going to be is going to be Sam Finley. She's she's making the trip up there. She's been throwing very well recently, right? We talked about how you know she opens a new she's a new business owner owning a new store. You thought that she would play less, it would make her worse. She's playing less and playing better. So whatever the secret sauce is, um, you know, I think it's 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 cool for for her to to check it out and, um, and, and, and be up there and, and see if she can continue on this hot streak. We have Mike Ferreira is going to be uh, someone really good. So again, I think you're getting a good amount of representation from um, some American pros coming up there. But I also think that you have some, some names that could surprise some people on the Canadian side of things. I'm starting to see some more frequent names uh, kind of near the top. Obviously, Connor Weiss and Brandon Brown are always going to be at the top. We talk about Brandon Brown taking down the entire thing as far as the Canadian Pro Singles event goes. Um, so he's going to be up there. Uh, well, both of them are going to be up there kind of uh, battling that out. Bernie Portalesi is always someone that we have to watch out for. Lana Smith is becoming a name that I'm seeing more and more up there. So someone that I particularly have my eyes on is someone that could make a splash. Uh, and, and make a run throughout these uh, different events all taking place up there. Derek Barrett, um, for, I get reviews from from the content team that came down. Derek was was impressive to watch across the entire weekend. So again, I think we're going to start seeing some more of these Canadian players. The ones that can finish near the top with more consistency are going to be the ones that we really start to become resonating within kind of our, our our recaps and our previews and things of that nature. So as this Canadian Open Series continues to build itself out, it's going to be fun to watch and see exactly who um, is able to continue these high-level finishes. Jake, who are you looking at? 
Yeah, my number number one team on my list, uh, Jimmy Humans, Brady Foster. Um, they were they would be a top five pick for me if they were in Mesa this weekend. But the fact that they're going to Canada is, is while also cool. They're probably my probably going to be my pick to win. I know, I know, we're st- starting hot takes a little early. Yeah, but um, they, they I I like them. I think they they have great chemistry. They're a great team. Um, but yeah, like I love seeing Jaden Ellis travel out here to put his name on the radar in uh, in Canada. Um, but I mean, I'm also liking some of these, some of these Canada players. I love the team of Bernie Portalesi and Brandon Brown. I think they're going to make some, make some noise and surprise some, uh, Americans as well. But man, I, it, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to pick these opens because you don't really know what's going to happen, but I, I like seeing Jeff Reynolds out there. I'm, I'm excited to see who he's, how he's going to do. Um, he's always good on the single side, but it's going to be a fun weekend, fun weekend at Cornell. I'm going to have. I'm going to have my live stream up for when we're in Arizona. I'm going to have my laptop and my phone up watching the Canada stream as well. It's going to be a fun weekend. So I feel um, vulnerable asking this question, but I'm going to show my naivety of my de- geography. <laughs> Is this part of Canada on the East Coast? No. Uh, no, it's Quebec like straight like in the middle. The, yeah, yeah. It's like the, I'm yeah. trying to see how far it is from. I'm uh, just wondering like time zones. If this is like, because it seems like we have a quite I assume it'll either be central or mountain time. Okay. Okay. So it's more. Oh no, we lied. It is more. It is more East Coast. Wow. I thought it was. Is it really? I feel so much better that you guys didn't just write off the bat. Like. (laughs) I'm great. We just just edit out this part of the show where I I (laughs) could have sworn Quebec was more central than Ontario, but it's not. It's Ontario, and then Quebec is further east. Okay. So, so so this is that's why you're seeing a lot of the east East Coast players coming this direction. Um, That was kind of my oopsie my thought about it yeah um, we just I'm totally sure. botched that one yeah well hey i feel a lot better thanks for that here we go canadian geography let's go through all the provinces from from west <laughs> oh, to east oh, british no. columbia then alberta then saskatchewan then manitoba then ontario then quebec oh then okay new brunswick nova scotia all the st john's all that kind of stuff so yeah it's uh in new finland's yeah up over there too well yeah it's uh sorry canadians don't hate us yeah, we we are we we got an F in Canadian geography on this on this week's uh, episode. Man, so, I, I was um, I was I'm a big Letter Kenny fan. I thought I knew my Canadian geography. I don't know, I was bad. <laughs> but it would make sense now why it's a high concentration in that area. But I saw some people from like Michigan in the middle. You know, I was I was thinking that why it would be easier, but it's nope. It's, well, that's uh, still probably closer than going all the way to Mesa. Um, but I was only asking because the, I feel like I think I've mentioned this before. It's really difficult time zone wise to go east to west. Um, like it's it's struggle to adjust. It's easier to go west to east, in my opinion. But um, yeah, and that I, does, didn't, I didn't realize you and I, you and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum there. I think it is so much easier to go east to west. Really? Because, yeah, I'm like, if I take off on the plane from Charlotte and I land in Vegas, it's like. Like I'd leave it like 3 p.m. I'd land at like 5 p.m. in Vegas, but it's Vegas time. And I would just go to sleep and I'd wake up the next day. I'll be fine. Like when I go west to east, I'm like, it's like the day is gone or I take a red eye and then I'm ruined for the rest of the time. Or, <laughs> Maybe I mean, that's I'm what just you're like, used to because I, the only time I go back three hours is when I go to Hawaii. Otherwise I'm always, you know, the other, the other way. So maybe it's just what no, you're I'm, used to. I'm, I'm with Trey on this one. I mean, my flight leaves Baltimore at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. It's a five and a half hour flight, but I land in Arizona at like five five p.m. 
it'll be perfect. I'll boom, get off the plane, go grab some dinner, hit the hay. It's perfect. <laughs> when I land, when I land in Arizona, it's like nine o'clock my time. It's like my bedtime. But um, when I come home, I'm losing like four hours or something. I don't even know. I don't know. The only way in which you don't get screwed, Michelle, is if you leave at like 8 a.m. when coming Mm -hmm. home. And if you leave at 8 a.m., then you land at like 6 p.m. or something like that. And then it's like, okay, now you're trying to stay awake, I guess, or try to go to bed. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I disagree. Wholeheartedly disagree with you, Michelle. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Although I know Bernie's mentioned it once before. And I was like, you're wrong, Bernie. And then I was like, oh, I think he's actually right. But anyways, (laughs) (laughs) moving on, we're going to talk about our top shots from open number nine. We're going to go starting with number 10 all the way down to one. um, And Jake is going to take us through it. So let's get it going. Let's go. Uh, yeah, we're gearing up for a Mesa this weekend. Starting off with uh, number 10, we have Alyssa Calvi with not one, but two airmail drags. Bang, right there, showing us that the ladies from Hawaii can sling it with the best of them. I like it. I like Moving it. Moving on. Pretty, pretty slick. Pretty yeah. slick. Moving on, number nine, um, <laughs> the robot Trey Birchfield with a ridiculous. Re- Ridiculous backside airmail drag against Candler Bag. Uh, shots like this make me think that the robot is back. I love the expressions too. Like, I mean, Candler doesn't give you much, but like, I don't know how much we got in the clips because I watched it quickly. But I love when you get the reaction of the person with these shots. It's so good. That was disgusting by the robot, by the way. Well, how is that number nine? Like these well, eight, yeah. these one through yes. eight better be good, Corey. Like, shout out Corey Russell for putting this together. Appreciate him. Moving on, number eight, Ryan Windsor, slick side down, needs to hug that left side, hits it perfectly for that three-bag push. Peters' way to tilt his head in disbelief as Windsor and Trader would go on to win the match. Windsor seems to be loving his new bag sponsor with these kill shots. Yeah, it was, it was good slick side. I don't know if it was good as the backside. Let, let's just be honest with you here. Oh, like, so now Corey, we're just throwing Corey. Be... We're just uh, Corey yeah, this is... under the bus. Yeah, we're just throwing Corey under the bus in this segment. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, uh, I, I was good though. Yeah, I would agree. Windsor is is throwing a lot better this season. I'm I've been impressed kind of with with his bounce back this year. Like I said, I think he's back to old Windsor form. Hmm. Moving on, number seven. Speaking of new bag sponsor, Alex Rawls can literally do anything with these AAR rippers. Hugs that right side, bounces off that far right bag of Tony Forbes, and slings it into the hole. That was nuts. How I like skated. Yeah, Tony Forbes' reaction said it all. Though he was like, "Oh, that was nice." I mean, that was (laughs) honestly when you set that clip up. Like, I thought you, I thought it was going to be an airmail, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking roll because if you're that like in front, that over the hole, you don't really want to roll because you're, you're probably just going to push him in and go over. But he kind of like danced around it. It was like a. Yeah. Roll cut. Comment. Well, and that and that goes to show the the difference in bags. If he was throwing what he was throwing last year, that probably would have been an airmail. But since he's you know he's gotten used to these rippers, he's realized he can do literally whatever he wants with them. And he tried that and it ended up working. Love it. Number six, Candler uh, Bag. We've heard his name a lot. A I don't even know how to describe this. Kind of like a penguin block replace but then you also split both of traders bags from the hole i don't i was when i was writing the script i didn't i didn't know how to describe it what do you think trey it was like a replacement penguin 
It was like uh, because it was like a replacement bag. Like it was sitting on top, and it was like, all right, now you go in, and I'll sit here. But it was, I don't know. It was very odd. Like slingshot engaged, I guess. I don't know something. That was weird. I, I don't. I have to watch it like eight more times oh, yeah. to actually figure out what what the hell actually happened. Are we? Are we doing anything about the new name? Are we inventing a shot here? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, slingshot engaged. <laughs> Number five. You know we couldn't have a top ten without Ryan Trader. Incredible three bag push to not only take both of his bags but leave his pro partner Ryan Windsor's bag on the board like that. Mean. That was mean. A little bit of a penguin, a little bit of a penguin there. Yeah. Kind of like it was like over the over the side, right? It wasn't fully, you know, hopping over another bag. But it's like it's like one of those bar of soaps where it kind of like you don't throw it off the back of the hole, but you kind of throw it off the side. Is it like more of a bully than a penguin? That was that was nice. I like that one. Good good selection, Corey. All right, we well, got a win there. Number four, you know if you see a bag on the back lip of the hole, you know what's coming. Duncan Clemmer, big time and one for the win against Jeremiah Ellis. And nobody gets fired up quite like Duncan Clemmer. So true. Or or Jeremiah Ellis. I mean, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, and, and ones for the win. Like, as a broadcaster, there is nothing that I root for more. I don't care who is playing. Nope. If you get an and one for the win, if I can cornhole gods out there, give me an and one for the win on TV this year. I'm begging you. I'll give you anything. I am begging you. I promise I won't say airmail drag that doesn't drag anything. I promise. <laughs> I, was, I, was I was about to say it. Final three here. Here we go. Uh, every time Devin Harbaugh holds a cornhole bag, something magical happens. A little bit of a step out, slick side down. I remember watching this live, and I was thinking he had no shot to get everything, but Devin Harbaugh is him. What a shot with those Viper R's. So good. And one was better. You missed that oh, one up. No. <laughs> all right, all right. It was still critiquing. very good. It was still very good. Yeah. Oh. I love back on the top. Never gonna do this again. Uh, no, I love this. Keep him coming. Ones. Tony Forbes, read his shirt, shuck around, and find out. If you don't put the bag in the hole, he will find a way to knock it off the board. Tony Forbes, the and one machine. Wow. I got two and ones. Okay. That's yeah. yeah See? Yeah, that one can stay at number two for sure. That one can that one hang there. Does that mean I get two and ones for the win for number one? Is that what I is is that what I get? No, but I I will say number one is for sure number one. Guess who? Candler bag stepping out, slick side down, gets not one, not two, but all three bags to fall. What a shot against the and one machine, Tony Forbes. Did you see Tony's face? He's like, what? How? That was that was nasty. If he meant to do it on purpose, it like it, <laughs> yeah. Pulled and then one just uh, I yeah. I don't I don't know but what we that is. Is collect? <laughs> I don't know. We give Corey all this smack, but that, in my opinion, is without a doubt the best shot that we saw yes. in San Diego. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, stay, yeah. It, it don't care what the stakes are. It was, it was the, uh, it was, it was the best shot. I like it. Good, great job, Corey. Well, I like wasn't it? I, like I mean, it. you could teach way, it pretty way to, hard. Way to pick it up. Way to pick it up at the end there. <laughs> all right, it's time for our hot takes. Uh, Jake almost gave us a hot take earlier, so I'm curious to find out what his is. But Trey, what's yours? All right, my hot take is 
I talked about the big three. I'm going to have two of the big three in the final. We're going to have an all-gore final. Jack Gore and Sammy Soto against Hunter Thorne and Jake Gore. And the Gores will throw against one another in a brotherly beatdown in the finals in in Mesa. I'm here for it. I'd love to see it. I like it. Jake. Well, if that's a uh, that's a hot take, mine's uh, mine's red hot on fire. Don't okay. touch it. You're gonna get a third degree burn. Love My it. hot take: Landon Crabtree wins open singles. Oh my oh, goodness! My goodness! Someone get a fire extinguisher because <laughs> that. Now, I will say, you guys need to you guys need to check it out because uh, Landon and I made a bet for the AFC Championship game because he's a Chiefs fan. I'm a Ravens fan. Chiefs won, so because of that, I had to get a shirt made with Landon's face on it, and I have to wear it at the open. I didn't, I didn't tell him how it was designed, but make sure you check out my social medias this weekend as I will be wearing a shirt with Landon Crabtree's face on it. Oh my goodness! Love All right, that mine, for you. mine is a team that you guys didn't even mention. You just rolled over them, so I got to give them love. <laughs> Devin Harbaugh, Colby Shearer take down a bracket. Uh, you could do it, boys. I got you. You guys need to talk about them. They need some love. Colby's got to play better. He's got to play better. Devin's good. Colby's got to play better. Maybe he doesn't this weekend. Colby, Trey's calling you out. Let's hear an answer. All right. That's all we got time for. Uh, thank you, Jake, for coming in with us. And uh, thank we will you guys. see you guys all next time.